I'm Sarah Glover, WHYY's VP of News and Civic Dialogue. In Young, Unhoused, and Unseen, we explore youth homelessness in Gen Z, its root causes, and solutions. We practice empathy and center community voices in our reporting with Temple University's Logan Center for Urban Investigative Reporting. Thank you for taking this journey with us as we examine the issues. Content warning. This episode contains descriptions of trauma, sex work, physical, mental, and sexual abuse. How did you get to the Ark of Safety? Because my mom put me out on the streets when I was 13. I don't want to talk about this. Like You're strong. You can. Ayana is 15. She is trans and is not welcome in her home. Her mother asked her to leave when she was just 13 years old. Tatiana Woodard is the founder and executive director of Ark of Safety. It's where Ayana lives. She holds the teen as she struggles to tell us her story. The shelter is the only one in Philly exclusively for LGBTQ people. Tatiana urges her to release her pain. She believes voicing your truth helps release the hurt. What would you want to say to people about kicking their kids out at such a young age? It's disgusting. How has it affected you? It affected me a lot, too. Oh, my God, Mom. I just don't like talking about this stuff. It's easy. It's freeing. But I don't like to... I, like, I just we, got, This is how we overcome. This is how you release it. How did it make you feel when you were thrown out? It made me feel worthless, like I wasn't worth nothing. I thought I had nothing to live for. I mean, I was only 13. It's, much that, it's so much that I can do outside. I can't get a house. I can't get no job. Because I'm, I'm a child in the state. So I can't get nothing. So it was stressful for me because I didn't know how to find any food. And like, it was just so stressful. Ayana is thin with large, dark, very expressive eyes. She buries her head on Tatiana's shoulders as she remembers what she has been through. I don't want to talk about this. Like, You're strong. You can. This is like going to help somebody else. Okay? Tatiana cuddles her like she is her daughter. She continues to urge Ayana to speak her truth as she believes it can help others and is healing. How about you going to help somebody Because it is. Like, just like my story helping you. I got put out when I was 16. Right? Ayana takes a breath and continues. She says school is hard and she struggles to attend. Because I don't feel comfortable in my school. Because there's not nobody in there like me. Ayana has been at Ark of Safety for four months. She was staying with a cousin and it wasn't working out. So she brought her to this emergency shelter with its vibrant pink walls and colorful paintings. Residents here range in age from 15 to 67. They are all LGBTQ, all craving safety, a home, a place to safely be their true selves. The older residents look out for Ayana. They act like aunts and uncles and siblings. I learned to communicate with my peers and people I'm in a space where I can feel comfortable and I don't got to fake nothing. I don't got to hide myself for who I really am. Like, I can really embrace myself in here. I'm Yvonne Laddie, 
the director of Temple University Klein College's Logan Center for Urban Investigative Reporting. And I'm Kenny Cooper, a reporter at WHYY News. This is Young, Unhoused, and Unseen, a podcast that looks at who Philadelphians see and unsee every day. Homeless young people. This is episode four, an arc of safety for LGBTQ. In all the statistics of youth and young adult homeless people nationwide, LGBTQ people are the most at risk. According to the Trevor Project, 28% of LGBTQ youth experience homelessness or housing insecurity. With that experience comes a slew of mental health issues. These young people are two to four times more likely to report depression, anxiety, self-harm, and consider or attempt suicide compared to those with stable housing. LGBTQ homeless youth had twice the rate of early death as other homeless young people. That's according to a 2018 study by the Chapin Hall Center for Children at the University of Chicago. The same study also found that they are at a greater risk of experiencing assault and exchanging sex for basic needs. Philly's Office of Homeless Services point-in-time counts show 25 to 40 percent of the city's homeless youth are LGBTQ. This group is overrepresented in the city's young homeless population. A lot of times, unfortunately, one of the big predictors of youth homelessness is um, being identifying as LGBTQ. That's Liz Hirsch. She's the former director of the Office of Homeless Services, or OHS. Coming out to your families, kids are still getting kicked out of the house for that, which I think is just amazing in this day and age, but still happening. The agency's big hope is a roughly $8.8 million HUD grant they were awarded in 2022. The implementation of the grant was designed by youth and aims to address every obstacle they face, like job training and placement, affordable housing, and a plan to have control of their lives. What success looks like to us is we use the terms making homelessness rare, brief, and non-recurring. And that means to us exiting the homeless system and not coming back, increasing your income, and then for the next generation that they have a better shot, that they don't become homeless. So that's what success means to us, being stably housed and having enough money to live on. The grant has a plan to help LGBTQ people find stable housing, but not every nonprofit who serves this demographic is rushing to apply for a piece of this grant. With things like that comes a lot of restrictions. We know our people. We know our needs, right? These grants give you large amounts of dollars, and they have so many restrictions. And it changes the dynamic, and it changes the systems in, uh, that we have created here that we have seen effective for us by us. That's Tatiana Woodard again. Since opening in 2022, the Arc of Safety has been offering emergency and rapid rehousing for the LGBTQ community in Philly. They focus on trans-identifying individuals, specifically trans women of color. Eight of her current 21 residents are youth and young adults. I had volunteers in here who were social workers who I would see run out the door not being prepared for textbooks can't prepare you for some of this stuff, you know? So that is very important for us. And like they say, um, all money ain't good money. 
Um, and sometimes I will rather go out and pimp myself out, I say, joking. And, <laughs> you know, to get private donors so we can keep, you know, operating and keeping the fundamentals that we have created here that some grants will go against and some restrictions will come with it. Arc of Safety is in a storefront with upstairs apartments on the outskirts of Temple's campus in North Philadelphia. If there's a vibe to Arc of Safety, it's welcoming and kindness. Several people sit in the storefront. They welcome me and Kenny into their space and lead us to Tatiana, who unflinchingly shares her story. Me being who I am, a black proud trans woman, it was very important for me to open this space from being someone who experienced homelessness and housing insecurity at the age of 16. This has always been what I feel like is my life's journey and passion. And not until a year ago when this place opened that I began to understand the hardships of my journey getting here. So I like to think this as my purpose for being on this earth. Tatiana was raised by a single mother. Her father was killed when she was around five years old. At the age of 16, um, I left my mother's home. Um, I left my home in the midst of me trying to figure out who I was. I went to um, what we call the gayborhood now, and I remember seeing these most beautiful women that i ever seen in my life. And I'm like, who are these women? I mean, they were tall, long hair. They looked like supermodels. And I'm like... I want to look like that. That's who I want to be. And later I found out that these women were uh, trans women who were in the neighborhood actually doing sex work. Tatiana's fascination with these women led her to understand who she is. That led me to begin to transition. I had finally, you know how little girls look in a magazine and they see these uh, beautiful supermodels who, you know, and they want to be them. And, you know, these were trans women for me. Those were the my first images of what a trans woman was. And I began to transition. And throughout that journey, my parents didn't understand. My mom didn't understand. My grandmom didn't understand, um, which led me to, um, you know, leave my mother's home and um, begin to do sex work. Can you tell us, like, what was it like for you to be homeless? What did that look like? Oh, it was couch surfing. Uh, it was doing sex work to get a hotel room for the night. It was sleeping um, in parks. It was sleeping with men just to have a place to stay. At the age of 16, you can imer- imagine how scary that was. You know, at 16, you should be worrying about other things. Um, and not where you're going to lay your head or what you're going to eat. I remember um, stealing clothes, um, stealing food, and I remember doing whatever I had to do to make myself presentable for the evening so that, you know, I could get a date, so that I could get picked up, you know, so I could make as much money as I, you know, wanted to. And at that time, you know, even going into... You know, I'm 16 dating, having sex with older men, you know, like in their 40s, 50s, you know, Um, and my age not even being a thing to X or, you know, 
Um, I can't remember one time someone asking me my age. Um, and I know I looked at young. So, what effect did this have on your psyche? You know, just this fight, this constant fight for survival. What I like to tell folks here um, is you're in survival mode. You never really have a chance to unpack those traumas, to unpack those things until later on in life. I am 35 years old and I'm still unpacking stuff. I'm still unpacking what a healthy relationship looks like, right? I'm still unpacking being good enough. Um, I'm still unpacking not being fetishized in a relationship. And, you know, when you are in survival mode for so long and you begin to thrive, you don't believe that you're thriving, you know. And when you begin to unpack a lot of those things, you know, it's it's a long journey. And, you know, the healing process and, you know, just coming to grips of now going from surviving to thriving at 35, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I have been off the streets and in permanent housing probably for at least eight to nine years now. Tatiana avoided the city's homeless shelters. She says they are dangerous places for trans women. You wouldn't dare go in. You are not placed with the gender that you identify with. You are sexually assaulted. Tatiana speaks of her own experience with sexual assault in the system. I don't think I ever said this. I can remember going through the youth study center, the juvenile system, and being sexually assaulted by the nurse as I'm coming in through intake. And just how uncomfortable I felt, you know, I am, first of all, I'm getting arrested for survival sex work. My mom knows I'm transitioning, but now I have to tell my mom that, you know, I'm a girl, she's the only person that can get me out of here and being sexually assaulted and then going upstairs and being put with men. So how did you find a home and safety and security? Well, I mean, it took years of survival sex work. It took years of me deciding one day that I didn't want to do it anymore. And my whole goal for doing with survival sex work was to get my own place. Um, and once I did that, I was then able to, you know, concentrate on employment and things like that. But, you know, um, thankful for I seen uh, something on the Internet that says thank you to everyone that let me lay on their couch. Thank you to everyone that fed me when I was hungry. Um, thank you to everyone um, who smiled at me, who gave me a dollar on the street. Um, and it's just those people are definitely why I am where I am today. Tatiana doesn't get paid to run the Ark of Safety. Her paid job is at the Mazzoni Center, which provides LGBTQ-focused health and wellness services. She's a community affairs manager there. At the Ark of Safety, she is more than the executive director. She is their mom. It's a role she has assumed in the LGBT community for years. She started her advocacy work as part of Philly's ballroom community, where older gay people care and nurture younger, mostly trans women. They provide housing, food, and safety. She said it was portrayed accurately in the popular television show Pose. 
The arc of safety is an extension of that leadership. I begin to what we call in our community um, as a gay mother, uh, which is an older person in the life that, you know, teaches us the ropes. Poles captured the story of us all very beautifully. A lot of our stories were elevated on that screen. Tatiana introduces us to Thomas. He is 19 and has been homeless for two years. He is tall and thin with a fade haircut. Being homeless is really hard to understand. I was basically sleeping inside the zoo, the Philadelphia Zoo, and I woke up, one of my fingers was snapped backwards, and I was surprised that this dozing off for a couple hours, that's what you get when you wake up. And I just kept walking around Philly. I really never knew, growing up, I never knew really about Philly. I'm born and raised here. I never explored nothing like that. But there's over the couple days, just don't know where to go, just trying to find somewhere to eat, sleep. I was everywhere. And I just really just kept saying I want to go home. Thomas lived on the streets for six months. He could not go back home because his single mom did not want him to return. There was a lot of abuse in his home, a lot of cruel beatings that Thomas says he struggles to deal with. Thomas says his mom never told him she loved him, but says Tatiana does. She cares. She helps me. She loves me. She talks to me. She makes sure I'm fed, I'm clothed, and everything. Coming here actually gave me a full family that I needed. Like, going through and not being home, this was my family. Tatiana was a great mother figure to me. She always had me. She understood me, too. It was just excellent. Thomas says it's not just Tatiana who is helping him. All the residents have supported him as he works through the trauma and abuse he experienced growing up. The residents of Ark of Safety are his family. That's why when I leave this place, I'm never going to forget him. I'm going to always be there when they need me. My future plans is get myself together, go to school. I want to actually have a fresh start. I want a new chapter in my life. I just want to go, basically start a new chapter, okay. I really just need a restart, but I can't do that without myself being together. Thomas says he's filling out job applications. He's getting peer support to overcome his many demons and trying his best to get better. He would love to work with animals someday. Thomas says he will not give up. I keep on getting up because... No black man, no black child should just be left out there and then keep on falling. It's going to be a point when you have to understand you got to get up. It's no falling no more. But it's clear as he speaks that Thomas is in a lot of pain. He is wrestling with a past he can't process. His eyes are filled with hurt. Tatiana says this is what happens when you stop running and begin to process abuse. When you're in survival mode, it's just go, go, go. Um, And when it gets quiet, you know, your mind plays tricks on you, you know? I have seen a lot of folks coming through the doors and self-sabotage themselves. Um, And some folks not even ready to come into a shelter and would rather go back outside just because of the stillness and the quiet and how your mind plays tricks on you once, you know, you you finally find somewhere to lay your head. Tatiana says too many young LGBTQ people are in families that just do not understand their queer children and won't even try. A lot of 
young people come out to their families. And because of the lack of knowledge, it creates ignorance. And especially in our black community. And, you know, it's sometimes it's safer for a child to sleep on the street than to stay with their parents who become, once they know, um, once they come out, who become physically, verbally, mentally um, abusive. And not to mention if it's other kids inside of the home. Um, now, So now you're dealing with verbal, mental, physical abuse from your family. She says that searing pain makes everything so much harder for LGBTQ young people. I think that's the most hurtful thing ever. And then in the midst of all that, I'm trying to figure out who I am, right? So it's so many layers to it, but I think the main thing is ignorance and lack of knowledge. She says the solution is education. We have to educate ourselves and reach out to the resources. Um, I have talked to many parents. We mediate. We try to do this family um, reconciliation. And, you know, we offer support. And I think that, you know, a lot of more agencies need to offer support, especially to parents. Um, I think um, a lot of focus is on the individual, but it's I think that we need to start to broaden and start to think about the other layers of it. And that education starts with parents. You don't know how many times people come up to me and says, I'm a parent. What resources are out there for me? And it's not too many. Um, and I think that, you know, we need to start to educate ourselves um, and we need to start, especially as a black community, we need to start to embrace our LGBTQ community. Um, for so long, it's just been such a hatred towards that community. And it sometimes resembles the same as um, segregation and, you know, how we were ostracized. And, you know, and I always think we get so angry at white people for what they did to us. But we do the same thing to people in our community, especially our LGBTQ plus community. We're doing the same thing to them. For the people that come through Arc of Safety, there is no deadline to move out. Tatiana wants this place to truly offer safe passage to her community. I want them to feel the, as though this wasn't just a shelter, but it was a safe haven. It was a safe space. Arc of Safety, why do you call it the Arc of Safety? Because of the arrange and the difference um, that God told Noah to take two of each. And it was a safety in the rain, a safety through the storm. And that's what I want folks to feel when they pass through here, that we were safety through their storm and that the sun is going to shine again. You're going to see that rainbow in the sky and whatever that looks like for them. That's what I would want for them. If you could see what you were doing now, what do you think you would you would say to yourself now? If you if you knew that this was what you were to be going to be doing, I wouldn't have been so hard on myself. I think I would have told myself, and what I did tell myself is: is a greater purpose to this. You're going through this for a reason, and I I at that time I didn't know the reason, and now knowing the reason, I wouldn't change anything. The amount of people that have came through here 
I wouldn't change anything. I would go through it a million times over to have watched the amount of people come through these doors, watch them receive a meal, watch them receive a warm blanket, watch them receive a family when they leave. I would do it all over again. Young, Unhoused, and Unseen is a production of WHYY News and Temple University Klein College's Logan Center for Urban Investigative Reporting. I am Yvonne Laddie, co-host, senior producer, and the director of Temple's Logan Center. I'm Kenny Cooper, co-host, producer, and a reporter at WHYY. Our executive producer is Sarah Glover, WHYY's VP of News and Civic Dialogue. Our editor is Jordan Gaspare and Jamila Bet. Music by Drew Levine. Our engineer is Al Banks. Colin Evans is our data editor. Our production assistants are Allison Beck and Natalie Wrights. Funding for this podcast has been provided by WHYY, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and Temple University's Klein College of Media and Communication. Additional production support was given by Jim McMillan. Special thanks to the Jonathan Logan Family Foundation, the Housing Narrative Lab, and Tatiana Woodard, Ayana, and Thomas, who shared their stories. Please rate and review wherever you are listening and hit us up on social. We want to hear from you. Check out our stories on homelessness and the housing crisis in the Philadelphia region on whyy.org. Please join us in this conversation, and thanks for listening.